Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you on this Tuesday. A lot of things to cover. One of the themes for the early part of this broadcast, we're going to talk about narratives. And we're going to blow up some narratives. And when I say blow up, I mean we are putting dynamite (laughs) at the base of some really stupid narratives that unfortunately the mainstream news media loves to promote. And you're going to find that along the way, things that the mainstream news media, that crooked politicians, activists and others, things that they're trying to get you to believe are simply not true. And I think, just about in all of these cases, The truth is liberating because it takes away a false fear. It takes away a reason to be concerned about injustice or discrimination or racism or white supremacy or whatever stupid nonsense these folks are trying to promote today to scare you. Interestingly enough, Yesterday evening, I was updating a good friend of mine in Atlanta on some things that are going on. And just in passing, he said, you know, you've really got to be glad you're away from all of the nonsense of being involved in the news media. He said, I just don't see how people can do this stuff day after day after day. (laughs) It's like, don't I know it? Fox News story. (laughs) I love this. There is a poll that was done, and I want you to listen to this carefully. I mean, heck, we had, what was it, an all-star game that was moved away from Atlanta because of this legislation that was making changes in the voting process in Georgia? And I'm sure the folks there are still waiting for their apology. And for that matter, how about some reparations? How about paying for damages, for defamation of character? A poll indicates 0% of black voters say they had a poor experience voting in Georgia. Now, is this a right-wing operation, some sort of right-wing poll by Rasmussen or some Christian organization? No. This is a poll conducted by the University of Georgia. No black voters had a poor experience voting in the 2022 midterms. Not a single one. The poll published Monday by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution found among black voters, 73% said they had an excellent overall voting experience. 23% had a good experience. 3% had a fair experience. Zero said they had a poor experience. Zero. Before I say anything else about that story, the next time you hear any moron go on and on about voter suppression... trying to restrain myself here this is pure madness isn't it what these folks want you to believe among all of the polls 1253 respondents more than 95 percent said they had an excellent or good overall experience voting four percent said the experience was fair less than one percent said their experience was poor less than one percent 
Now, Georgians had an overwhelmingly smooth time with casting their ballots. Despite what you have heard from crooked politicians slash preachers, socialists like Raphael Warnock. Remember all the fear-mongering you heard out of him? As you know, he recently got re-elected. Wonderful for him. So you heard all this bellyaching from Warnock, from Joe Biden, from losing again gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. All complaining the state's Election Integrity Act of 2021 would suppress the votes of racial minorities. In fact, during the U.S. Senate debate in October, Warnock painted a picture of voters having to fight an arduous uphill battle to get to the polls because of the bill. After he was asked by the debate moderator why, if voter suppression existed, did Georgia see record turnout and an increase in black voters in the state's primary that year? Warnock said the fact that many of our voters are overwhelming this hardship doesn't undermine that reality. They've made it harder for folks to use the drop boxes. They've shortened the registration times. Folks are saying, you know, you shouldn't have to. You should be able to get food or water in a line. I think the question is more fundamental than that. Why are the lines so long in certain communities and not others? Warnock. Abrams, Biden, other Democrats decry the voting overhaul bill as Jim Crow 2.0 or Jim Crow in the 21st century. You remember all that nonsense? I mentioned Major League Baseball pulling out the All-Star game 2021 and protested the election law, depriving the state of valuable revenue. This poll, just the latest indicator following record-breaking turnout numbers, and few to no local reports of hardship about voting during the past year. The claims made by Democrats and their corporate allies, like the MLB and Coca-Cola, were false. Shame on all of these folks. These lying bastards. Yes, I said it. More than 90% of the polls respondents said casting a ballot was easy in the 2022 midterms. A majority responded 75%, so they waited less than 10 minutes in line to cast their ballot. 21% waited 10 to 30 minutes. 4%, 31 minutes to an hour. Only 1% more than an hour. That's it. Brian Kemp, the governor, saying yet again, the myth of voter suppression in Georgia fails to be supported by a shred of evidence. Democrats have juiced this lie for every cent it was worth, disparaging our state and undermining faith in our elections. But the facts are clear. Georgia's Election Integrity Act made it easy to vote and hard to cheat. It's that simple, folks. That simple. So please, you know, we can have disagreements on certain things. And you're entitled to your opinions. I'm entitled to my opinions. But none of us are entitled to our own facts. Can we just agree? All of us. Everybody within the sound of my voice. This is a non-issue. And anybody who says anything to the contrary of what you've just heard is an idiot. It's that simple. A lying, deceitful idiot. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast, over on the text line. Vince, perhaps some of your listeners are right. People are just prone to settling their problems by killing other people. So let's make sure if someone else has a gun, then I have one too. The best defense, a good offense. Especially when I can't take it anymore. Just never say, not me, I'm responsible. That is from Dean. Hmm. Vince, Georgia actually had a record voter turnout for the 2022 midterms. Yep. Vince Warnock thinks leaving a cardboard box on a street corner to collect votes is a good idea. (laughs) Vince, gun control 
is a Jim Crow law. You think Democrats know that? (laughs) Not the kind of issue they're concerned about. What else do we have here? I want to talk a little bit about the attacks on the Catholic Church encouraged via our vice president on anti-abortions. That reminds me of Germany with the brown shirts attacking Jewish synagogues. No difference now with Antifa, black shirts attacking any religious churches. What do you think? We also have this. Vince, we have bigger problems than voting in Georgia. Drug cartels identified and operational here in Charleston, Columbia, and cities in North Carolina. Not surprised at all. And Jeff says this, Wow, Vince, you started the show on fire. Before you said you had to restrain yourself, I thought we were all going to witness Cochlemania running wild instead of Hulkamania. (laughs) Put those lying idiots in their place, Vince. And I'm serious. I want as large a group as possible in this country. Forget about Parson, boundaries, all the labels. I want as many people as possible who are just going to reject lies, period. No matter where they come from. Okay? This narrative, gone. So anybody brings this up ever again, you know, and I know, that these folks are not to be believed. That's it. Very, very simple. Next narrative. That most Americans are terrified about the possibility of Republicans shutting down the government and risking the good faith and credit of the United States of America. Yeah. Try that one on. We have new polling information on this subject. Breitbart reporting majority prefer a government shutdown to spending more. (gasps) No, surely not. Majority of voters, likely voters in the U.S., said they prefer having the government shut down to having Congress approve more spending. 56% of the respondents would rather have a partial government shutdown until Congress can cut spending or keep it the same. Only 34% said they would rather see the opposite, higher spending levels to avoid a government shutdown. When looked at by party. 73% of Republicans, 56% of independent respondents say they would prefer to have a partial government shutdown until Congress can figure out a way to cut spending or keep it the same. 41% of Democrats felt the same way. On the other hand, more Democrats, 50%, would prefer to have more spending to avoid a government shutdown. As you know, the background of this House Republicans will soon have to negotiate a deal to clear the debt ceiling with the Democrats. However, conservative Republicans of the House, they're quite firm on slashing spending before raising the ceiling. In comparison, four years ago, under former President Donald Trump, the same poll found 54% prefer to shut down when Democrats fought over the debt ceiling, with only 31% saying they preferred the opposite. The poll also found... Most voters think, guess what? There's a spending problem. 66% believe it's due to politicians' unwillingness to reduce government spending. Only 21% blame taxpayers for the size of the deficit. Additionally, when divided by party, majority of every political category felt the deficit was due to politicians' unwillingness to reduce government spending, including 77% of Republicans, 52% of Democrats, 71% of independent respondents. This is a winning issue. Now, I want to say this. I want to say it loud. I want to say it clear. Republicans better not blink on this. They better get something. Some type of cuts. The brave posturing right now is, is great. 
But when push comes to shove and we get closer to that deadline, because I think they're going to push this all the way to the end. See, Biden is going to be stubborn on this. This is going to end up going probably to the very end, to the very last week possible. That's what I expect anyway. So what are the Democrats calling for? Well, dozens of them have proposed legislation that would eliminate the debt ceiling, which would allow the government to borrow without any limit set by Congress. Can you? How many times we had discussions about Congress basically throwing away its power and its authority and its responsibility? This is another example. So the federal government hit the thirty-one trillion, three hundred eighty-one billion dollar debt ceiling last week. No Republicans are pushing for commitments to cut back on the record growth in federal spending before agreeing to allow more borrowing. Democrats accusing Republicans of setting up the possibility of prohibiting a debt ceiling hike, which would make the government unable to fund all of its current obligations. Democrats say a better idea is just get rid of all the limits on federal spending and allow the government to borrow whatever it needs. Who in the world thinks this makes any sense whatsoever? Bill Foster, Democrat out of Illinois, weaponizing the debt ceiling and using it as a pawn in partisan budget negotiations is dangerous and repeatedly brings our nation to the brink of default, which will be disastrous to the U.S. economy, something we've witnessed as recently as 2011, when Republicans created a debt ceiling crisis that resulted in the first ever downgrade in the U.S. credit rating. The government has an obligation to pay its bills. Threatening to default on our debt is the same as ordering an expensive meal at a restaurant, eating it, and skipping out without paying. We can and should have a real conversation about overall spending, but the full faith and credit of the United States must never be compromised. 42 House Democrats sound actually signed on to this nonsense. Get rid of the debt ceiling altogether and spend whatever you want. Who thinks this is a good idea? If you think this is a great idea, please call me. I'd love to set up an intervention for you. <laughs> Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. is the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince. And over on the text line, we've got this. Vince, I'm not holding my breath, waiting for the Republicans to tell us what they want to cut. Social Security and Medicare, we know. If you know, but they're scared to say it. Zero negotiations. Really? You really believe this? I, I want you to call and explain this reasoning to me. And the same propaganda about, well, they want to cut Social Security. How many times have we seen them scaring seniors? This is what the Democrats do. All they have to offer is fear itself. That's it. When push comes to shove, they don't do crap. They don't do squat. How about get rid of the debt and run the government responsibly? Can we try that for a decade or two, please? Yeah. Can they raid our accounts to get the money they want? <laughs> don't put a thing past them. Vince, remember the guy who mowed the grass in front of the Lincoln Memorial during the government shutdown when Obama was president? I say, put me in, coach. Shut it down. Spending is out of control. That's from Edward. Vince, that Democrat Bill Foster said the GOP are proposing what they're proposing is like going out to dinner and skipping out of the meal. Well, we shouldn't be going out to dinner at all. 
We should be staying home and eating ramen. <laughs> that is an excellent observation. And the reality is, it's not us. We aren't the ones who need to be eating ramen. It's the politicians. And somebody please put me on the floor, because here's what I would propose for spending cuts. Cancel the hiring of the 87,000 IRS agents, 15,000 EPA agents, start laying off some agents there and other departments like the FBI, CIA, CDC, FDA, DOJ. Also stop the foreign aid until we get our finances straight and stop paying people to sit on their asses and collect checks who can work. Tell Janet Yellen to stop gaslighting the taxpayers and putting the brunt of the responsibility on us. Jeff, amen. Mm-hmm. This person would like to know, can I remove the debt limit from my personal finances? See, this is, just think of the logic of this. It makes no sense, does it? Vince, if you took the money they take for Social Security and they saved and you saved it yourself, you'd have a lot more than twelve hundred dollars a month when you're seventy two. <laughs> this person says anyone who thinks Social Security was a good idea is a moron. And you know how they've changed that program over the years. There were supposed to be caps on how much you would pay. All that went out the window. It was supposed to be your account. It was supposed to be your money. That went out the window, didn't it? Years ago. And now they're borrowing from it. This is things that if you did in your personal finances, you would be in prison for. I want you to listen to Peter Morisi. He is a University of Maryland economist. And, you know, you hear all the time people talk about, you know, as one texter claimed here, Republicans are just dying to cut Social Security and Medicare. And Peter Morisi says, you know, the bottom line is, at some point, there, there, there's, there's a need for spending cuts in order to get this under control. Here's what he had to say. Actually, for some reason, we don't have that yet. We'll come back to this. Because this is... a. Uh, you know, again, very, very important that we counteract the narrative out there. Here's Peter Maurice. Oh, we don't have to reduce Social Security to deal with this problem, but we have to recognize that we have a huge entitlement state. You know, we give food stamps to healthy men who could be working who choose not to. Uh, we don't need to do that. So we could cut entitlements, and the Republicans talk a lot about that when they're not in power. When they get in power, as they were, for example, when they controlled both chambers and uh, Donald Trump was president, they blinked. They didn't do anything about it. Remember they were going to fix uh, Obamacare? Obamacare is enormously expensive, uh, and there's very little in the way of cost controls. Uh, we talk about, for example, you know, the prescription drug coverage inside of Medicare. The Republicans are against regulating prices that the government pays for prescription drugs, right. as is done in every other industrialized country. The United States spends 50% more than Germany on health care. But the Germans don't have a system like Britain. They have a system like ours. They basically have a system that looks like Blue Cross Blue Shield. Why is it that it's so expensive here? The answer is Congress is not willing to take the steps, Republican or Democrat, necessary to rein in the gravy train. This is all very simple, folks. It's not complicated at all. Nobody wants to stop the gravy train because it's politically expedient to keep this going. It all comes down to buying votes. That's what it is, buying votes with your money. That's how it works. So we've talked about narratives. What have we blown up so far? Well, we've blown up the idea that black voters are disenfranchised in Georgia. We've blown up the idea that most Americans would prefer that we just keep spending like there's no tomorrow. Most Americans are not there. How about another narrative? How about the narrative about the latest violence we've seen out in California? This is a social media post 
from my son. He posted this yesterday. I'm going to set this up, and we'll go into more detail about this after the break. <laughs> it's just funny to me. You, you, you know how these folks in the media, they, they jump on something. By the way, a, a little gift for you. And I know that this executive, this news executive where I used to work, this was tongue-in-cheek, but I'll tell you what, there's some truth to what she was saying. I don't know how many times there were stories that we heard may be true, and we made calls to try to confirm whether it's true or not. It was something they thought was very juicy. You know what she would say all the time? Ah, darn it. Another awesome story destroyed by the facts. Yes, that's what she would say. I can still hear her saying that now. <laughs> Another great story, killed by the facts. There were things they wanted to be true. If they were true, it would have been a great story. But it was not to be. I want you to know, folks, this is the way the news media works. And they love conflict. They love conflict. Don't ever let anybody tell you differently. We'll delve into this other issue of horrible narratives as we continue. Over on the text line... We've got this honorably discharged veteran here, never used any benefits, never used unemployment, figured I'd use them after I retired in case something catastrophic happened. Went to the VA, thought I'd just meet some people there, was told someone would call and let me know if I was eligible. We hand billions to Ukraine, we put illegals in nice hotels, and they don't like the free food. But we can't help the ones who fought their wars. Ooh. Vince, there may be many listeners who are not aware that Social Security benefits are scheduled to be reduced by 22% in 2034. It's already been approved. This is simply because there will not be enough money to continue funding at the current and anticipated rate. Something to ponder and to demand this be fixed before it starts in 11 years. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. High U.S. health care costs. There are surely many ways to rein in our costs, but I read an analysis a couple of years ago that said if you controlled for obesity-related health care expenses and our system had similar administrative costs, the highest area of increase for decades, the U.S. system would be the least expensive, best outcome system by far. And this texter asked the question, how is it legal the media can get away with pushing lies and call it news? Well, it's called supply and demand it's called free enterprise as long as it sells they'll keep doing it as long as you continue to watch they will keep doing it it's really that simple let's go out to the sprawling metropolis of duncan south carolina and rick good morning rick welcome to the broadcast hey vince thanks for taking my call hey just in the spirit of being fair and balanced um you know, it, it, it's not a uh, media, mainstream media propagandist lie when we say that the Republicans are not looking at cutting Social Security. You look at Kevin Hearn out of Oklahoma, a Republican. He's uh, proposing that we go to age 70 for full health, for, for full uh, ben ben benefits, which means like me, I'm 63. Uh, I plan to retire at 64. Do I want my Social Security benefits cut by $500 a uh, month? No, it's not a Democrat problem. It's not a Democrat uh, storyline. And when the mainstream media uh, reports it, it's true. I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, what would you like to see as a solution here, Rick? Well, you, you have to have uh, budgets cut to match... Uh, money, money coming in. Once you've <laughs> one, once you've committed to spend so much money, it's like writing a purchase order. 
It's a promise. You you have to pay it because you've approved it. And uh, it's it's not right to hold Social Security hostage or any other benefits, uh, you know, hostage because you're gonna you're gonna raise the debt limit to match what you promised to spend. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't I don't see I don't see how you can uh, ju- justify that what the uh, Republicans are proposing doing. And well, here, here's here's my question, Rick. Rick, here's my question, though, because I think this is important for us to sort out here. How do you fix this? Because we continue to be at this place over and over of this conversation over the debt ceiling. How do we how do we bring a permanent solution to this so we aren't having this brinksmanship? Every yeah. few months or every year, how do we stop this? You you have to pass a constitutional amendment for a balanced balanced budget, and until that happens, which uh, neither side has the uh, <laughs> to do, you're going to always have this. It's I mean it's it's a simple question, but yep. it's hard to do because people like to bring pork back to their communities. And go back on the stump and say, "Hey, I just, I just, uh, I just uh, brought brought the state back so much money." This is how Mitch, Mitch uh, McConnell uh, gets uh, gets put in office every over and over again, every six years. He yeah. brings in so much money into the state. Yep. You're absolutely right about that, Rick. Uh, very much appreciate your call, and and I I understand where you're coming from. It's it's pure madness, is what it is. And we talk about the logic of just not spending money you do not have. And I didn't make these commitments. Politicians made these commitments, and they go well well beyond our ability to pay them. I think the unfunded liabilities now for our government is somewhere around $120 trillion. It doesn't even figure in where we are right now. And yet nobody seems to want to stop the train. They want to keep this going. Um, it's It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But it, it all is up to us ultimately. How much are we going to put up with? We're going to keep let them, letting them play the game and bankrupt us? Or are we going to demand that there's a hard stop to this? Coming up, we've got Transformation Tuesday and much more. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hour number two of our broadcast. (laughs) This texter says, Vince, until there's a dire financial crisis, no congressperson is willing to champion spending cuts. No person wants to be known as the Grinch that took away the punch bowl. So the out-of-control spending will continue. And you're right. It's going to take real crisis. I mean, real crisis to shake people up. And sadly, we're not there yet. Still to come, I'm going to share a social media post from my son, which leads to another narrative that is getting blown up. You know, it's funny how people draw conclusions. This goes back, and I've shared this before. One of the most important things that I took in years ago was a course at a church I was involved in put on by a ministry called Peacemakers. And it was mainly dealing with conflict resolution. And one of the most important things that, and and I share this again, I I don't ever tire of sharing this because it's so helpful to so many people. 
Always approach everything in a spirit of inquiry. This will solve so many and head off so many conflicts. If you go to somebody and say, you know, I got the sense this may be going on. Can you explain what you meant by this? Or can you explain this or that? Rather than going in with guns blazing, with accusations. See, our mainstream news media is missing this spirit of just open inquiry. What are the facts? No, they come in with a narrative. Ooh, another shooting. All right, who's the racist white person who did this? Oh, a shooting at a gay club. Oh, it had to be a homo homophobic religious person. Who is it? What church do they belong to? This is what's going on with so many people. People have already drawn conclusions, and they're looking for facts to affirm what they already believe. We'll talk about this a little bit later on. First, I'm going to get to Transformation Tuesday and a couple of very important things to share along those lines. My friend Dr. Steve Crosby first. This is a little deep. And I, I just want you to bear with me as I share this. And, and I'll just tell you that, and, and I, I, the longer I've been around Steve Crosby, the more I've understood what he has meant by his, um, how, what word would I use? I want to very carefully communicate this. His discomfort with American Western evangelical Christianity. Now, you're going to hear the distinction between what one thinker of the second century thought and compare it with the very cheap and bubblegum kind of religion that's popular today. Steve said, if you were to ask a typical evangelical about what Jesus accomplished, I would wager the answer would be along the lines of, he paid for my sins, so my soul can go to heaven when I die. Before I finish this, I just want to barf every time I hear this. Now, some of you might, you know, <laughs> may be offended, and if so, so be it. But this is a this is cheap. This is not the gospel. This is a watered down version of something that doesn't resemble anything I believe. Steve goes on, compare that to what Irenaeus, second century, said regarding what Jesus accomplished. He refashioned the human race. It's totally different, isn't it? Now, I want you I may want to make this very clear. Do not hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Jesus did not pay for our sins so that we could have eternal life. I'm not saying that. But what we've turned this into is basically a get out of jail free card and this is all focused on the future. Irenaeus certainly understood the significant here and now impact of the gospel. He refashioned the human race. Some decline? I think so. The challenge is we look around, we see little or nothing that confirms Irenaeus' point of view. And the evangelical point of view is much easier to accept. It's invisible and it's comforting. Steve finishes by saying, I would rather be dismayingly engaged in the frustrations and struggle of the latter than sleepwalking in the ignorant bliss of the former. My goodness, I'm with him. This is why I refuse to accept garbage. I just refuse to accept it. I dare to believe there's something significant about kingdom impact that has an impact in the here and now in the human heart not some sort of cheap message that makes people feel good so they can just go on 
living like they were before. I just don't, never accepted that. And what's wonderful, and as I described to you, people like Don Atkin, who I mentioned yesterday, who passed away, I see that refashioned human being and people I know who really are letting the life of Christ be manifest in them. It's not about punching a card for some sort of pie in the sky by and by. I touch their lives and there's something of heaven in there. I know it. And you know people like that. It's very clear. My friend Lisa posted this in follow-up to my sharing with you yesterday about the loss of Don Atkin, a dear friend of mine. Lisa and just a little background um, just through the course of the interaction and network of people that I developed relationships with I was very eager for Lisa to meet Don and once she did and she met Don and Barbara she was just immediately uh, she had the same reaction I did and basically adopted Don and Barbara as her spiritual parents so to speak and I'm gonna share her post and a really powerful quote. It's very short, but this quote may impact your life significantly. I'm going to share that, and we'll go to the other narrative to blow up as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back with Transformation Tuesday on the Vince Coakley radio program. We've got this. Vince, I love your message on approaching a topic with a desire to understand. I believe it was Stephen Covey who penned, seek first to understand, then be understood. This is an incredible tool in maintaining relationships. What if we all routinely did this? See, this is where this goes south for so many people we all want to be understood right but not all of us really care to understand just putting that out there my friend Lisa posted about Don Atkin rest in peace my spiritual father Don Atkin who went to be with my friend Jesus this morning you leave a big hole in the lives of leaders your spiritual sons and daughters around the globe that indeed is true. And now that quote I promised I would share with you. I remember when Don said this years ago, and oh my goodness, this had such an impact on me and helped me to understand the people who've had the greatest impact on me. I was thinking of this just last night uh, when I posted something on social media about Don passing away. The first person who really impacted me, his name is Steve Nielsen is a pastor who served at this Christian Missionary Alliance Church in Richmond, Kentucky. Many, many years ago, he and his wife, Amy, they served as missionaries in uh, Burkina Faso for years. So awesome. And now they're back here in the States. I remember several years ago when they were coming through, it just so happened um, when we were having Sunday meetings at Don's place, we had gone out to eat, and Steve and his wife had come into town, and I had the opportunity to introduce them to each other. This was so cool to bring together people who have impacted my life so tremendously. 
Here's that quote. We teach what we know. We impart who we are. Let me repeat that. We teach what we know. We impart who we are. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, to me, is the dividing line between the kingdom of God and the rotting corpse of American Christian religion. That's the difference right there. How much is impartation and how much of it is simple transfer of information? That's it right there. We teach what we know. We impart who we are. And this is why I've said plenty of times, and this is not new to me, and particularly it's Steve Crosby who emphasized this so much, that at the end of the day, Jesus himself, he ultimately spent his time, his focus was on 12. 12. And three very intensely. And what's the reason for this? Because it wasn't about teaching. It was about impartation. I'm not diminishing. There's a place for teaching. But real life impact comes about from impartation. And you can't impart when you don't develop genuine relationship. This is what we've ultimately got to learn. I hope this is helpful and encouraging to you as it has been for me. Life-changing. Profoundly life-changing. And it's made a difference in how I've engaged. It's helped to make me more sharply focused. My son posted this on social media the other day. The face of white supremacy. Yet another instance of pundits so excited to say at first they jumped the gun while attacking people for preemptively suspecting the race of other kinds of violent offenders. What they see as a layup for bolstering political power. Another day of me asking myself, who's being bigoted here? What is this about? Fox News story that he put a link to. Schumer, Schiff, other liberals blame Monterey Park shooting on bigotry before the facts come out. This was supposed to be a case of white supremacy again. Another white man with a gun wiping out Asian people. Well, we learned the suspected gunman was an Asian man. Ultimately killed 11 people, injured 10 others at a Southern California ballroom dance studio on Saturday. Despite police not releasing the suspect's identity or race, some liberals on Twitter were quick to pin the horror on white supremacy and anti-Asian hate before all the facts were known. Chuck Schumer tweeted, We must stand up to bigotry and hate. Wherever they rear their ugly heads, and we must keep working to stop gun violence. Adam Schiff of California said Saturday's shooting was a horrific example of needless gun violence with bigotry toward Asian American Pacific Islander individuals as a possible motive. <laughs> Meanwhile, many Twitter users condemned the violence, punctuating their tweets with hashtag stop Asian hate. With, <laughs> this is just, just crazy, isn't it? Wisconsin State Representative Francesca Hong, sharing her condolences for the victims, tweeted, We're broken as a nation to have mass shootings and white supremacy reign terror. <laughs> Though not all details were known Sunday afternoon, authorities say they sus the suspected gunman was an Asian man between 30 and 50. 
Authorities said Sunday they knew the suspect's name, declined to release it because it would complicate their ability to apprehend him. They released a photo showing an Asian man wearing glasses and a winter hat. The chairman of the Chinese Chamber of Commerce, Los Angeles, told ABC7 the mass shooting was over a domestic dispute. So much for the narrative, huh? By midday Sunday, police and tactical vehicles and bomb squad trucks surrounded that white van in a parking lot in Torrance, 30 miles southwest of Monterey Park. The individual inside the van shot himself to death. Hours earlier, Los Angeles Sheriff Robert Luna said authorities were looking for a white van. And, you know, the rest is history. Once again, the narrative, absolutely positively wrong. Can we just wait for the facts? Wait for the facts. It's pretty simple to do. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. Over on the text line, I've talked about these narratives... These false ones, we've blown up a bunch of them today, haven't we? We have just blown them up. And there's yet another one to come. This texture says, Asian on Asian crime must stop. Yes, it must. See, this is one of the things pointed out. Trying to figure out whether this was all addressed in a book written by a friend of mine on this racial subject. Basically, the idea is... Most people are, most crimes that you experience in whatever group you're a part of, okay, they're directed toward people in your group. Like if you're black, more than likely, if you're a victim of crime, it's going to be another black person. Same thing with whites, same thing with Asians. This is just reality, folks. And the media loves when it's cross-racial in a circumstance where they can make a story out of it and scare people and stir up further division. It's not sexy when they find out, oh, it was another black person. We can't talk about white supremacy and, and discrimination and hatred and hate crimes. This person saying, Vince, it was an Asian influenced by white supremacy. <laughs> I'm serious. They love to twist things. This texture saying, come on, man, the shooter was a white Asian. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We also have this. Vince, all I can say is I pity the fool. And may that fool recognize the error of his ways. Yeah. If only. We also have this. By now, you are familiar with the story about the loss of one person who really uh, provided a lot of entertainment and, frankly, a lot of opportunity for affirmation for so many black folks who have walked away from the Democrat plantation. I'm talking about Diamond and Silk. As you know, Diamond passed away, Lynette Hardaway, January 9th. I mean, th this story will just absolutely blow your mind. Let me first tell you what happened, because we've learned what happened to Lynette Hardaway. There's a death certificate now available that explains what happened. She died of a heart condition. The death certificate was released yesterday, known by the stage name of Diamond. 51-year-old 
Diamond passed away as a result of heart disease caused by chronic high blood pressure. Hardaway and her sister, Rochelle Silk Richardson, found internet stardom as black women who ardently backed Trump during his 2016 presidential campaign. Here's a story you may not be familiar with. This is what happened some weeks ago when she passed away. This story from the Post Millennial Silk calls out BLM activist Mark Lamont Hill. Do you remember him? This guy is one of the most despicable people on the planet. He's just a nasty, hateful person. Anyway, Silk called him out for his lies about Diamond. Just days after she died. Now, can I, can I just step away from political discussion for a moment? The whole liberal versus conservative thing. And just come back to the reality again. Can we be human beings? I mean, it was Jesus who said, Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. I want you to know, when my... It's not just dear friends, and, and certainly I have a greater affection for and appreciation for people like Don Atkin, who has passed away. If my white friend dies, I will mourn. If my Hispanic friend dies, I will mourn. If my gay or lesbian friend or my non-binary friend passes away, I will mourn. My Democrat friend dies, I will mourn. This is about being human beings, ladies and gentlemen. Can we step away from political labels long enough just to mourn the loss of a human being? No. We have Mark Lamont Hill, who did some stuff that's pretty despicable. What he did, he suggested that Lynette Hardaway passed away perhaps as a result of getting COVID and refusing the vaccine, being an anti-vaccine person. This is what these folks do. He tweeted out, Diamond, one of the right-wing Trump-loving duo Diamond and Silk has died. In late November, she was hospitalized due to COVID-19. The duo was fired by Fox News a couple of years ago for spreading misinformation about COVID-19 and vaccines. You cannot script this stuff. Isn't that awful? Taking the opportunity of someone's death to make a political point. And now we find out, I told you what the facts are, Diamond died of heart disease. It's not opinion. It's not a story from Fox News. It's a story from the Associated Press. From the death certificate. And how many people participated in conversation on this on social media? who had absolutely no understanding whatsoever of the facts. And again, the narrative was much more important than the facts. And even though this amounts to kind of a ghoulish dancing on a person's grave, there are people who simply could not help themselves and had to go out there and make total asses out of themselves just in the name of promoting their cause. I just remind us, all of us, you know, we're only here for a certain period of time. And when someone dies, we know that person's precious to someone. They experience loss. Let's not become these people who would dare make this kind of thing something political. Blessed are they who mourn. Stay with us.
final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday. This texture says, Vince, see if you can find the audio of Trump speaking at Diamond's memorial service. It is entertaining. Play some clips on future shows. Also saying Trump is all over the map. Talks about things that are completely unrelated to Diamond's life. Does that surprise any of you? I'm, I'll be curious to check this out. God created man for life, marriage, and childbearing. It was only after God finished his creation that death entered into the world. This is why weddings, pregnancies, childbirths actually buoy us and bring joy. We weren't originally designed to deal with death. Yeah. Vince, people that dance on other people's graves like that make me sick. I have no use for people like that. Thanks for always keeping it real and classy. That being said... You told me on a couple of occasions, wait till I meet you. Well, I'm looking forward to that day. Take care, Vince. <laughs> it's from Jeff, who uh, I can always depend on to um, send some very entertaining texts into the broadcast. For this particular day, my goodness, we have not only a pretty extensive list of items for a day in history, uh, and not a lot of time, but I cannot, for the life of me, give good clues on most of these things. We'll talk about these things, Chris, uh, but I'm going to spare you from quizzing you on this stuff. These, Some of these are just absolutely awful to do as questions, so I won't. Whatever changes the subject from death, I'm for it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Spend I'm, these last few minutes smiling. Oh, my goodness. I hear you. I fully understand you. <laughs> 41 is the year this person declared himself to be a god. And then he was killed by two Praetorian guards. Uh, <laughs> Who was this guy? Do you know? Um, no. I'm going to spare you the agony of trying to come up with this one. It's Caligula. He oh. was the one killed in the year 41. 1639. We go back to uh, this particular state establishing itself as a self-ruling colony even set up their own constitution that was connecticut did that way back 1639 was what it connecticut history. connecticut, it was connecticut. Pretty, pretty amazing right. 1848 i'll bet you know what was discovered at sutter's mill out in california in 1848 what uh, did they gold. find gold in dimdar hills yep them there mills. Sutter's, and then, yeah, exactly, mills. Sutter's Mills, where they found it. 1908 is the year that something was published called Scouting for Boys. Uh-oh. And what do you think it led to? What? I lost it. Chris, you're killing me. Oh, my gosh. That is so what, funny. Was it the Boy Scouts of America? It was the Boy Scout. Okay. Yeah, the movement started in 1908. 1908. 1935. This is taken for granted now, but it was a big deal. 1935. The first time that this product was sold in a can in Richmond, Virginia. And guys have not been the same since. Beer. Beer. You better believe it. 1946, the U.N. established the Atomic Energy Commission. 1965, we had the passing away of this person, who is pretty much universally recognized as being a hero for the country of Great Britain. Churchill. Yeah, 90 years old when he passed away in 1965, which happens to be the year I was born. And speaking of war... A soldier from this country was found hiding on the island of Guam in 1972. He had been hiding there for 28 years. Where was he from? Oh, uh, Back from the war. Japan. Japan. Japanese soldier. Did they tell him? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't nobody tell him. Nobody tell. Oh, there he is. Nobody say a thing. Nobody. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? <laughs> Twenty-eight years. Incredible. Nineteen eighty-four. I learned how to use a computer on this computer, not um, 
not one of the uh, devices that are used now commonly. Um, but 1984 is when this company came out with their computers. Was it with the fruit with the fruit on it? Oh, okay. Uh, Apple. It was Apple. Yeah, their Macintosh computers. That's where I learned how to use a computer. The very first time. 1996, do you remember this product? The FDA approved. It was supposed to be a fat substitute. It was supposed to give stuff a good taste. It was supposed to, you know. Is it the stuff that ruined potato chips? Yeah, okay. you got it. You're L right. It, Listeria or something? <laughs> or is that the name of the disease got, that it caused? You've got good stuff today, man. Alestra was the name of this. Alestra, okay. And I remember, you know, some of the things that apparently caused, you know, diarrhea and other stuff wasn't. Not More on great. that tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll dump that one on you. Okay. Time's up. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. <laughs> Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.